he was invested with the power of the mind. Episode 140, Padma Sambhava, Part 5. If this is your first time seeing me, you might like to start with Part 1. Uh, you can click here if you're watching me on YouTube. That will take you to the Padma Sambhava playlist. <clears throat> Starting with uh, Episode 1 or Part 1, the one called Padma Sambhava, in which I will recite Cantos. One, two, and three of the life of li and liberation of Padmasambhava, followed by Padmasambhava part two, in which I read parts four, five, and six, followed by episode 120 of the Buddhist Books podcast. So it started on Esoteric Nerd, migrated over to Buddhist Books podcast, and then episode 130 was part four. So for those of you who are not seeing me on YouTube, who are listening on the podcast, if you would like to start with Padmasambhava Part 1 and go in order, you might want to get a pen. It goes like this. Very Honored Frater BT's Esoterra Nerd Podcast. You can just type in Esoterra Nerd into Spotify or Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcasting platform. Spelled like it sounds, esoteric minus the C plus nerd. Esoteric nerd. Episode 118, that's the first Padmasambhava. Then episode 119, that's the second one. And then here on Edward Reeves Buddhist Books Podcast, episode 120. And then episode 130. And then you can watch this one. I mean, you can watch this one first if you want. It's just that goes in order. Um, all right. Well, uh, I'd like to welcome our special guests, of course, Guru Rinpoche, Padmasambhava, the second Buddha, as he's known in Tibetan Vajrayana Buddhism. Normally on this podcast, we're reciting the, uh, the old scriptures of early Theravada or pre-sectarian early Buddhism. But every 10 episodes, just to mix it up a little bit, we um, take a, a Vajrayana vacation, I guess, and uh, read The Life and Liberation of Padmasambhava. Um, I would also like to welcome Yeshitsogyo, um, known as the maybe chief consort or fifth of the five, famous consorts of uh, Padmasambhava. Um, she's, of course, the one credited with authorship of The Life and Liberation of Padmasambhava. Now, you saw the title scroll if you're watching this. 
Um, it kind of breaks down, you know, she, the idea is she wrote it, it got lost in the old, you know, 8th century original Vajrayana Buddhist temple in Tibet, the original Tibetan Vajrayana Buddhist temple, and then was rediscovered, I think, 400 years ago, uh, something like that, and then more recently translated into French, and then into English from French, but there was a, a Tibetan scholar who corrected the English translation of the French translation of the words of Yeshi Tsogyu, presumably, right? Okay, um, any questions? If you would like me to um, put all of these episodes, just to make it simpler, into a podcast called Padma Sambhava, just uh, click through to the website attached to this uh, episode, if you're on the podcast listening, I mean, and uh, you can find my email address there. Just drop me a line and say you would like me to create that podcast. And uh, if, if there's interest, if somebody wants me to do that, then I'll do that. But otherwise, I'll be lazy and just do it like I've been doing it. Shall we get started with the reading? All right, let's cue the music. I wonder what that will be. I haven't decided yet. Time travel. Okay. <clears throat> Canto 9. The birth of Santaraksita, son of King Tsugpu Risan. Um, we're having elections, some kind of elections. I'm here in New Delhi, by the way, so that that music you're hearing right now is to encourage people to vote for a particular party. I'm not sure which one. I'll give it a moment to pass. Good enough. <clears throat> now, Samantadhara, the all-knowing and all-seeing, having revealed to the believers of both sexes, who inhabited the abode of the gods, the diamond vehicle of the supreme formulas, poured out the four rivers of power to the master, born of a Brahmin, who had transmigrated, son of the gods, Dampa Tokar. With the power of the friends of good, those absolute supports, he invested him as the metamorphic body with the eight outer forms, with the power of compilations and of books which give the teachings of the Dharma. He invested him as body of fruition with the eight inner forms, with the power of full knowledge and with the power of tutelary divinities. He invested him as the essence body with the eight secret forms, with the sovereign power of the great seal brought to perfection. 
He invested him as the immutable Vajra with the ten powerful forms, the very lord of the five transcendents, the supreme Vajradhara. He invested him with the purification of the embrace of energy. Once the perfect conferring of special powers was received in this way, the ten general powers were conferred on him. In order that he might obtain ambrosia, he was invested with the power of life. In order that he might understand the mind, he was invested with the power of the mind. In view of the celestial treasures, he was invested with the power of acquiring the necessary. In order that he might cut off for himself the path of actions and predispositions, he was invested with the power of concentration, which cuts off the path of actions. In order that he might engender contemplation, he was invested with the generative powers. In order that he might have access to spontaneous births, he was invested with power over metamorphosis. In order that he might obtain the integral meanings, he was invested with enthusiasms. In order that the benefit of thought might be obtained for him. He was invested with fervor. In order that he might obtain the work of body, speech, and mind, he was invested with understanding. In view of the absolute purity, which equals the plane of essence itself, he was invested in the tenth stage with the power of the Dharma. Then he was invested with the 25 particular powers, in the head with the five powers of the body, in the throat with the five powers of speech, in the heart with the five powers of the heart, in the navel with the five powers of excellence, in all his limbs, with the five powers of action. And praised, honored, and magnified by a hundred thousand gods, he was urged on by songs, sweet melodies, and the sound of symbols. Then Dampa Tokar made his way toward the abode of men. And as among his retinue of gods, there was Maitreya, the future master of the Dharma. He took off the white insignia from his own head and put it with the diadem on the head of Maitreya. Quote, After me, you will become the Buddha, end quote. 
And when this prediction of investiture was praised, he went forth to become the son of King Sudodana of Kapilavastu. Now, Samantadara, the Supreme Master, saw that the abode of men was to be conquered by the three yogas, and the fruit of it was the diamond vehicle of the secret formulas. The son of the gods, Yeshi Tsogi Gyaltsen, staff of the sign of knowledge. After the reign of the four rivers of power, will be like a bull among the gods. He thus left to become the son of King Tsugpu Risang, beautiful crest of hair. The country to which he went was a western country, Udiana. In the center of the 21 regions of the country, in the north of the cemetery piled up black clouds, is the monastery of the Heruka. In material it is of varied gems. The form is round and the color blue. The temples there are full of pure recitations. On the four sides, it has 16 doors, all opening at the same time. And there is also the monastery of Utala, arisen spontaneously, directed by celestial beings. And there is also the Temple of Apparitions and the Monastery of Gondol. Now, after the Lord of these places, King Tsukpu Risong, accomplished the act of his desire with Queen Chodon, worthy of respect. Twin princes were born. Then for these two princes, wives were taken at the same time, and it was said, quote, The first son which is born to the princes will be raised to the throne. End quote. But when they received their fiancés the same day at the same time, King Tsukpu Risong declared, quote, since there is a risk that we will behold simultaneous births, let the first word decide. End quote. And he said to the two young queens, quote, Go to sleep to the right and the left of my throne. End quote. And they stretched out. The queen Gunama of Badasika went to sleep and dreamed that a large white man anointed with white earth came from her body and cut off the tops of the trees in the orchards. After the first queen's dream of the white form, 
the other queen dreamed that a black man who came from her body passed his head between the sun and the moon. Meanwhile, the king had a dream that from his heart a five-colored ray went forth between the sun and the moon. In the morning, both queens said, quote, The signs in my dream show that mine is the best, mine is the highest. End quote. A clever interpreter of dreams was consulted, and he said, quote, The white man foreshadows the birth of a prince who will do good for the people, and in whom a superhuman entity will incarnate itself. The trees cut down are evil people who will be subdued. The white earth foretells the spread of the doctrine. The large black man who came forth from the queen foretells the ascension to the throne and announces the prince to come. End quote. And in the year... At the first spring moon, the day of Tisya, both sons were born, and the same words were repeated. An auspicious sign having appeared, Badasika said, quote, It is the sign for my son, end quote. And Suvikranta said, quote, this is the sign for my son. He will get the throne. End quote. Now the king assembled the multitude of the men of the kingdom and celebrated for the two princes the feast of the nativity. A Brahmin versed in onomastics sought names for them. The son of Suvikranta he gave the name Sikandin. The son of Badasika, he gave the name of Santaraksita. And when the ministers asked whom to crown as king, he said, quote, May it be the one the people say is of beautiful face and of full understanding. End quote. And Sikandin was raised to the throne. To Santaraksita was entrusted the frontier of the steppes. Then Santaraksita, who did not get the throne, thought, quote, Why, since my brother and I are equals, is he king, while I have become a common man? This is neither reasonable nor good. Quote. And since he offended the royal authority with such talk, punishment ensued, and he was banished from the borders. Now, at the west of the Diamond Throne of India, there is a large cemetery, Sosadvipa, which is a league in perimeter. In the middle there is a stupa which rose up alone, wide and deep, with the disc and umbrella 
formed out of a material of gems and silver, decorated with climbing half necklaces, and adorned by the sun and the moon. Beside it are eight Kyarima, which appeared simultaneously. To the northeast of the stupa is the lake Plain Obscure, containing Makara and other animated forms, and flanked on each end by piled-up rocks. To the southwest resides the god of the world of mortals. And in a banyan tree in the forest, the black bird of the tombs nests on high, the black serpent at half-height, and in the root, the black swine of the tomb has its stock. The god of the world of mortals, Nandi Kumara, with the face of a lion, holds in his four hands the saber with a man's head. The club, the trident, and a twisted cadaver, entirely adorned with garlands of skulls. And clothed in a dress with a silk ceremonial train dotted with blue, he is surrounded by a hundred thousand killer ghouls and is mounted upon an elephant in the midst of blood and flesh. Now all the many Dakinis show all sorts of marvels, which endless discourses could not equal. Some, with disheveled hair, are mounted on lions and raise up as a sign a pile of death heads. Others are mounted on howling birds and wave pennants to the lions. Others have bodies with ten faces and eat entrails and hearts. Still others, black women with dirty hair, have jackals pouring from their mouths. Others of human form, with wings at the level of the sky, make rains of lightning flashes fall and lift in their hands the standard of the tiger. Others have the top part of the body severed from the lower, while still others have cut off their own limbs and turned them to the eight points of the four horizons. Now the bird of the tombs, the swine of the tombs, the poisonous snake, and jackals of many colors, and wolves and crows and other beasts of this kind devour the corpses without number, fresh and decomposed, the bloody sea of flesh and bones. And the men's dried-out heads, with others still human or broken down, Beasts of prey tear the remains, while others devour them. 
Some fling themselves on the flesh, while others moan. Some tear out the eyes, while others gnaw the feet. Some pulverize the bones, seize the flesh, and tear out the entrails. Now, when Santaraksita arrived in this cemetery with the terrifying clouds, with a bamboo bow he took the scepter of this funeral feast, killed the male demons who had sprung up and possessed the females. Surrounded by a crowd of ghouls and preserving his concentration, he sat down at a hundred and ninety places. Then he reflected on how to convert the kingdom of Megavat, and this entire multitude vanished like a rainbow. Of the history, unabridged, of the lives of the guru of Udiyana, Padmasambhava, this is the ninth canto, the birth of Santaraksita, sealed oaths. All right. Uh, you might notice a little, little, just subtle difference between uh, some of these writings from Tibetan Vajrayana and what we're normally reading from pre-sectarian early Buddhism. Just um, this is, of course, specifically um, Tibetan Vajrayana as opposed to, for example, Japanese Vajrayana or that Vajrayana that was developing in Nalanda, of which Padmasambhava was a practitioner. Um, this is the, uh, the teachings of Padmasambhava as recorded by Yeshin Sogyal. So it's a very specific and particular uh, lineage that grew and um, became very well known and practiced especially in uh, the regions of Tibet, Nepal, and Bhutan. And after the occupation by uh, the CCP, what's now called the CCP, um, what has come to be known as Tibetan Buddhism has spread around the world and in various forms has, uh, has become much more popular. And so, yeah, it's interesting, very interesting processes one goes through while reading it, uh, visualizing these things. Of course, it ends with sealed oaths because traditionally even the, uh, the writings of pre-sectarian early Buddhism traditionally were not meant to be shared outside of the Sangha of monks. So, Kali Yuga... Um, these things are, are now shared. This is published. You can find it on uh, archive.org. If you go to archive.org and search for the life and liberation of Padmasambhava, you can read everything that I just read. You can read, um, you can read ahead. You can stop listening to, the, to me um, and read it 
in your own head with your own voice, pronouncing the words properly of Sanskrit and Tibetan that I pronounce with my California accent. Well, all right. I myself am going to be listening to that and uh, contemplating and visualizing it. And uh, let me know what you think. Feel free to comment below. Feel free to write to me, edward at edward-reeb.com. Let me know what you think. And uh, let me know if you think I should put these on a separate podcast called Padmasambhava. All right. Um, I guess that's it. I will go ahead and close with the prayer that my dad and I would perform at the end of our morning Tibetan Vajrayana meditations. All right. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Until next time.